With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dedicated to HBO's Game of Thrones and George Railroad Martin's Song of Ice and Fire book series, you're listening to Podcast Little Fell. Oysters, clams, and cockles. Oysters, clams, and cockles. Hello, folks. Welcome to a special edition of Podcast Little Fell. We're a week away from the season six opener. And here tonight to host is Mr. W. Axel Foley. And we got a very special guest. We do have a special guest this evening. And his name is Roberto Suarez, and he is from a fantastic show called A Pot of Cass, which died an untimely death last year because oh, just, I wasn't about that. <laughs> just like us, just like us, his co-host quit the show. Now, I don't yes. think, right? Let's, let's get into it. So hello, Roberto. How are you doing, buddy? Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm a big fan of Podcast Little Fell and uh, listen to you religiously, especially uh, when we are in the midst of uh, the show uh, taking place. So I'm, I'm honored to be, uh, be a part of your show uh, this evening. So thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. I mean, you know, we were doing, what did, did we do two or three years with you and Robin or you or Robin? Mm-hmm. We did the kind of like um, wrap up. We did a couple seasons. of wrap-ups, yeah. uh-huh. and uh, and there was a couple of times there um, when we did them. I, I think there was one year when we couldn't do it live, so we, we pre-recorded some oh, answers, yeah, and yeah. then they were kind of played, and then there was one year when I know that I was definitely on it. Yeah, I remember Matt used to love to do those things, right? Where we right. just call in or record something, and he'd like put it all. God, man, that dude. And I did edit. call in from time to time to Matt's show as well. I yeah. remember doing a couple of those call-ins. But, um... So like us, we continued on, and now you're continuing on, right? I am. You know, Robin uh, was, uh, you know, he's gone through a lot of uh, decisions he's had to make around what he wants to do with podcasting, and he's been able to really kind of do really well during a history podcast that he's been doing called The History of Byzantium. And so he decided to focus his efforts more on that and less on his other podcasts that have to do with TV among them game of thrones so he just decided that his his energy and his time was was best spent focusing on that project so he decided to drop uh the pot of casts podcast last year but you're back i'm back so you know what how how they say in uh in game of thrones what is dead may never die correct yeah uh, so uh i we had left it open at the end of of the of season five that uh, I told, you know, in our last episode, I said, well, Robin is going away. I'm going to take some time to think things over and see what we're going to do. And uh, luckily I happened to find a new co-host. His name is uh, Abe Proctor. And we did a special episode last week where uh, I got to introduce him. And, uh, and so I'm going to be back uh, starting next week with Abe as my new co-host. So I'm very excited. 
Abe is very knowledgeable of Game of Thrones. He too is a book reader. Um, so his perspective is going to be more from the, the book reading perspective. But then again, as we said in our in our special podcast last week, everybody's going in to this season with completely. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're a book reader or not, because it's going to be new content for everyone, whether you read the books or not. So it's going to be pretty fun for us to uh, to jump in this time around and in this journey. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm very glad that you're continuing to do the podcast because. People do fall off, and I can understand. You know, it's hard. You, you know, most of us are not getting paid. Even big people, like, you know, I can remember last year I listened to you guys. Um, I would listen to also um, Iceberg and Firewall. They're not a podcast anymore, and they'd always recap Game of Thrones. Thankfully, the guys um, from Grantland are now going to be doing the post show. Okay, which I think is fantastic. Now That's I know right. you're, you. We haven't talked about that on the show yet, but we, maybe we can talk about that a little bit after. But yeah, I'm excited, man. I love your show. Are you going to do it the same way, wherein you kind of recap and 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 then he gives um, kind of like the flavor on it, or you? Yeah. So so it's going to be a very similar format. Um, uh, we, we we always used to do Roberto's recap and then Robin's review. Uh, this time around, since we're since we're using alliteration so much, it's going to be Roberto's recap and Abe's analysis, <laughs> and then from there, where and then we'll, we'll any feedback that we get from listeners will also play and comment on it. So it's going to follow a very similar structure uh, to what we've done before. But we're open cool. to suggestions to any uh, any changes or new ideas people have. Yeah, I I you know I'm not a, usually a huge fan of recaps, but I think that you do a very succinct and um, you do a really good job of it. Well, thank you. I try, I try to just keep it to the key points, and I also yeah. like to bring in some key clips from the episode to focus on, so that also kind of breaks up the monotony of just sitting there and recapping the episode. Yeah. Playing the clips is always a, little, a, a lot of fun. That's awesome. Well, I'm super excited about that. But let's talk a little bit about that first news before we get into um, the re, uh, rewatch discussion and a little bit of discussion of what we're expecting for the next season. Um, I was super excited to find out. I guess it's going to be called The Watch, and it's going to be kind of like The Talking Dead, but at first it's only going to be available, I think, on HBO Go and HBO Now as an added feature, and then I guess if enough people watch it, they're going to start playing it. Yeah, it's called After the Thrones. After the Thrones. Okay, so what is that the way they're going to do it, Heath? Yeah, you know what? It was funny because they were talking about it, and it was like, you can get it on HBO Now or HBO Go, and I'm, and I'm like, you know, on Mondays or after the show, and I'm like, is that it? It's not going to be in podcast form. They may release it days later in podcast form, but it seems like only for the app at the moment. Hmm. You can only stream it, maybe. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be actually on HBO. It may be on HBO On Demand as well. It may be a feature to try, you know, they know people are going to be jumping on the HBO Now platform right around this time because it's, it's, it's primo time for Game of Thrones. People want to jump in on it. So maybe it's a way to entice folks to, uh, to jump on the subscription program. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they're trying to get like a digital push. And that's a little annoying. But I guess also I can't, I can't think that. You know, Chris Ryan and Andy Greenwald, outside of TV geeks like us, are well-known guys, 
are they Heath? You know a little bit more about this world than I do and Bill Simmons and all that kind of stuff. Or, I mean, I don't think that they're like super well-known commentators. Um, I think they are maybe East Coast because I know you, they used to do a live show in New York. Oh, okay. Um, and I think just – I mean the only reason why I know who they are is because Bill Simmons has yeah. them on the podcast. And that's how I got to know they did The Watch and you know on the Channel 33 uh, feed. But I don't think they're huge, huge names. But you know, writing-wise, they may be because of Grantland. Um, that's where I remember. Oh, I remember reading an article. So they're not like I don't think – as big as say like a Chris Hardwick, yeah, yeah, or whatever. But this may put them in that atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't familiar with them at all. Okay. So to, to me, they're they're fairly new, and and, yeah. and it may be that I know of them, but just don't, don't know of them by name. Uh, I may have heard them comment on other on, on other you know shows and things like that, but they're I was unfamiliar with them. I think yeah, they're really good. They're actually really good. I do enjoy listening to them. They're smart. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I think they're going to do a good, they'll do a good show for us. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. They are. They're very smart. And they and they also bring in the I hope they're allowed to, you know, I mean, I guess it's different when you're on HBO hosting a show, but the good thing about those guys is they don't hesitate to bring in either the politics or the uh, money behind television or why decisions are made or, you know, how they advertise or market so I, I think that I hope they can bring that. Maybe not. Maybe it'll be a little bit goofier. But they do have these two people, um, this guy, Jason Concepcion, that they call the maester. And he is kind of like their deep book knowledge guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's really good. He's very smart. And also the thing about him is, and I mean, I'm not a big Talking Dead fan myself. I, because I just think that Chris Hardwick tries too hard. And it, he kind of grates on me. Um, but uh, these guys do not. And especially Jason. He's like a really smart guy and gets into like all the lore and the backstories and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think it'll be a really interesting show. I hope they bring them. I think they are going to bring them on. But I think it's something to add. Like a, I'm just glad to see more people doing stuff like that. Even more podcasts coming out. Because it's so, this show is something that you can just dive back into, like we did with the rewatch. Uh, we should just get into it. I was, I, I finished, I watched the episodes probably like the last three days, four days, uh, mostly at night, of course. And I was, what, I, what really threw me is how much smoother it was when I wasn't analyzing each episode you know afterwards and trying to think about point salient points to bring up and what we could talk about or thinking like oh that's something that uh dj said or oh mike mentioned that or like because i think when i watch a show i do get kind of podcast focused because we do it right after the show Mm. um and i was just able to kind of see the plotting of the season and to me it was much more measured uh, and smooth than I remember. Because especially last season, the Dorn stuff just killed me. But this time around, since I didn't expect anything, I kind of found the interplay um, with Braun and Jamie to be really fun, even though the fighting was ridiculous. I mean, that fight scene is an all-time... 
That's like an old Batman fight scene, man. <laughs> if you rewatch that, just missing the pows on the bands. Yeah, but it's other than that, somebody ha- and the obvious stunt uh, stunt man. Yeah, when you yeah. see Robin's face, he's like fifty <laughs> years old in the old Batman. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that fight was just oh, it was it was absolutely terrible. Um, but other than that, I was I was really surprised at how smooth it was. What do you think, Solo? You know, it's funny. I I enjoyed the Dorn stuff much more as well. And I was shocked. Especially when they first land and Jamie figures out how to use his his fake well, his like bronze hand to stop a sword. Yeah. Just like you said with the banter. Um, the one thing that I still remember, th- there's so much foreshadowing mm. in the first like three episodes of things to come. And I know when we did the podcast, that was one thing we all like picked up on. So it almost felt like when the stuff did happen, it was like, well, we felt it was coming. And I in the, and there's so many hints of so many things early on. And it's just it's more clear, you know, it's coming. But it's right there in front of you. I mean, in one example, when uh, Stannis tells uh, Jon Snow to send uh, Sir Al- uh, Alistair away, and you talk about, you know, what, what I, I thought you're supposed to keep your enemies close. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, someone who said that you're didn't right, have a dude. lot of enemies, uh, and then he's the catalyst of pretty much by, by making him a ranger. He keeps him close, yes, but. It leads to you know what, and then the whole Ollie stuff. Of course, that was just we picked up on that quickly. But so early on in the season, you know, the first episode, I didn't, I didn't, I I didn't like as much this time around. But episode two and on really hit me more. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like it it was kind of weird because I remember liking the first episode a lot, but I didn't like it as much, but it did feel like episodes one and two were like two parts and it would have been like the greatest, you know, season premiere. But, um, yeah, those are just some of the things early on I picked up. How about you, Roberta? When you think back on the season, what do you, uh, how does it feel to you? Yeah. I mean, I just, I just felt it was overall kind of uneven and, and, and the, the, the part that was weaker for me, Still, and I get granted, I haven't done a rewatch, so it could play differently if uh, if I were to watch it again. But I just felt like we got a little bit shortchanged on the Dorn sign of things. I mean, especially since it's an area of within the books we haven't explored it that much and so when we knew that yeah. there was going to be this this change uh compared to what was done in the books uh where we were going to get a chance to go to Dorne, i think there was some anticipation that that was going to be time well spent uh and they brought in actors like alexander siddig which you know c- carry some weight to play some important roles there and then it ten- it turned out to just feel like it wasn't as well plotted out or as well thought out you know, I especially thought that the way that it that, that the whole thing concluded with Marcella's with Marcella's uh, uh, outcome um, was uh, was a bit clunky, and and I'm wondering how they're gonna pick that up at the beginning of the next season. Mm. Um, I, I I I have a feeling it's gonna be. I hope it's not, but I have a feeling it's going to be a little bit like how they dealt with Jar Jar Binks after the first Star Wars movie. Like, we're just going to not really acknowledge that he's around kind of thing. Uh, I'm wondering if, if it's just going to be like, well, we'll uh, 
you know, like Marcella's fiance, I guess, is still on the boat and he's from Dorne. Yeah. But are we even going to bother with that story or just kind of going to say, let's throw him in jail and then let's move on with Jamie into a new uh, a new chapter here? Um, everything else seemed to work really well for me. I especially enjoyed the portion of the of the season that we spent with uh, Tyrion um, and uh, what's his name, whose name is escaping me right now, though. Who's now got grayscale? Um, the one who's in, in love J with Daenerys. Jorah. Jorah. That all that that time that we spent kind of learning about the history uh, when they were journeying uh, to get uh, to get to Daenerys. I really enjoyed that that portion of of the sh of the of the season. And so um, I, I think because it did go into some areas that went into that past and gave us kind of a, a broader understanding of the universe that we're in. Um, so that was probably something that I felt really worked well that was also uh, kind of brought bringing in new material into the story. Yeah. Um, the door, you know, one thing I noticed about the Dorn stuff is that there were no large sweeping Vista like shots to give us a sense of what this place was like. You know, yeah. they, they did that behind the scenes video. Um, I was flipping through, I don't know what it was, YouTube or on the uh, HBO go and where they show and they talk about how they had to like rent that big thing and they could only be there a couple days or blah, blah. And it's like, they got this set piece and they thought that it was, let's just do everything here. And it just, it, it, the way it was shot and everything, I wonder what, which director or in, you know, in years to come, we'll find out that they got their budget cut or something. You know what I'm saying? Like the CGI on hard home was going over and they were, which they had probably shot in the beginning. Right. The most we saw of Dorn was really on the map at the beginning of the, yeah, the credits. It was, That's it, where we kind of got the best sense of what the city was like. Beyond that, it all it all felt like it was played out pretty much in one one set. Yeah, like a choppy sitcom. Like, yeah. <laughs> really, when it comes down to it, that's what it felt like. You're right, Axel. There was no, like, incredible shots. I mean, just like of a whole city or just, you know, a tracking shot of the garden. And they could have – it felt like – I don't I mean I, I don't want to again we don't know the details I know they had limited time there but it almost felt like it was a second unit <laughs> yeah yeah I totally agree with you and even the performances I mean uh, like I said Alexander Siddig I felt was very underused I mean I, why get such a high profile actor to really kind of downplay his role so much uh, I thought he was going to have a, a a bigger impact in the story and it just felt kind of just as an afterthought yeah no that's that's true that's true as well the whole thing just didn't work and i that's i think i think it really was like somebody's first time directing it felt, it felt like and i hate to say that but it just it really did I think you hit the nail on the head, uh, Heath, when you said uh, second unit or, or Axel. Uh, yeah. You know, it just kind of had that second unit feel to it. Yeah. Um, it almost felt like, you know, it almost felt like reshoots to try to fix it. <laughs> like, they just I don't know. It just, you know, maybe they just really misinterpreted the, the time they were going to have at this space. And they fell in love with it too much when, 
you could have honestly did sound stages and probably did a better, you know, I don't know. And the reality is we don't know how much ended up on the cutting room floor. We don't know what ideas they had on script that they had to adjust as they went along. So it's possible that the ambition for and what they were planning on doing got shortchanged as the production was uh, rolling. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's what that's what it made me think of, that there's something going on behind the scenes. Because um, now, gr- granted... I had said in the beginning that I found it more enjoyable, but that was because I didn't ex- expect anything. But that does make me want to bring up another point, which is about how while I was watching the episodes again, it did strike me not only how my own involvement with doing the podcast and everything kind of flavors how I watch it, but also the being last season, I knew a lot of stuff going in. Like I would read articles about it. And even though I wasn't like looking for spoilers or anything, I was just more active in knowing what to expect from the season. This season, I know so little. And I think that's also because a lot of the stuff I knew from last season was some of those things we've talked about on podcasts before which is almost like an accidental spoiler. Like you just start kind of knowing where the story's going from hearing other people who have read the books kind of steer the conversation in certain ways. Sure. And now that's not going to happen. So I think when you, why I laughed earlier when you mentioned Dorn was because um, I had absolutely no expectations of what the hell do I know about Dorn, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but so many people said things and I'd heard so many people mention the sand snakes, the sand snakes that I thought, oh, this is going to be awesome. And then it was kind of jokey. And when they were kind of, I mean, if you just watch the show, what you really have is three young women who are competent fighters, but not really that good. Like, they need to get better. They couldn't even, I mean, like, Jamie and, and uh, Braun were just, like, kind of dancing around them, and then they're whipping. It's just like, really <laughs> silly, you know? And then the girl starts flirting with him. So, you know, I, I think that if I hadn't, if I had not known from... Uh, book readers and stuff to expect something. I don't think I would have been as disappointed. I think I would have saw this, this journey more along the lines of like Arya and the Hound, Mm -hmm. right? Than some major important plot point. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, what I got from Dorne uh, right now, remember when, you know, Cersei sends Jamie, go get our, you're going to go get our daughter and she's so ticked off. Now, if he brings her back deceased, if she does die, like, what is that set in motion with their relationship? You know, after what happened with Cersei, and now their daughter is dead. I can't believe they're going to have any relationship at all, you know? I'm just like, so if, if, but if she's like, oh, well, <laughs> or something, I'm like going to be like, okay, that was for nothing. Well, I, but know, and, so. and also think about what Cersei just went through. Yeah, yeah. So, or unless she's maybe on a different level with what she went through. Oh, I see what you're saying. Revenge, 
And it's like, yeah. all right, the mountain, we're going to kill everybody or whatever. I don't know. You know, I just, I'm just curious to see what Jamie and Cersei's relationship is moving forward now that if she is dead, you know, I'm assuming they don't have any antidote on the boat. I, you know, I don't know. With Maybe. the only, I remember pointing out at the end of last season, though, saying, you know, they're, they're, you can see that the yes. boat, by the time she died, the boat is still visible from Dorne. I mean, they could turn around and, and ask for the antidote. So who knows if, if they'll, they'll start off with something like that. But um, yeah, that whole, that whole, it just felt clumsy in the end, the way that they did that. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, if we're going to talk about looking forward and kind of. Well, I wanted to touch up, oh, okay. based on, uh, up on something that you mentioned, actually, uh, if you don't mind me oh, yeah, interjecting here, because it kind of relates to what you were saying, that at the, in the same way, that all of that uh, uh, rumor, mon- you know, r- the, hearing the rumors and hearing the expectations people had around the Sand Snakes because it's something they knew from the books and then being disappointed at the other side of it when seeing how it actually played out. I thought that the hard home stuff played really well because that wasn't something that people were really expecting. Uh, hard home was not something that really was focused on on the books. And so everybody was taken by surprise when we had that amazing battle of hard home. And so that actually became a huge highlight of the season because we were not, uh, you know, find, hearing a lot about that in the rumor mill and in the expectations that book readers have prior to coming into the season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can remember that um, from uh, last year thinking that the big battle was going to be at Winterfell. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, oh gosh, man, I can't even get into Hard Home because I watched that. I think I watched it like three times. I mean, it was a total surprise part. for everybody. Yeah. Nobody expected that. That was absolutely amazing. It was. I, I really think, I said it le- uh, last year on the podcast, and watching it again, I think I watched it like once or twice yesterday and then again today. I do. I really think that's maybe the best action scene ever filmed for television. Mm. It's so intense, and it tells a story too. You know, it's not just yes. the action, but the way that it that we get a real clear understanding from Jon Snow's perspective of what we're dealing with, and we in 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 what you know in a very small yet key performance get to really understand. Uh, kind of the essence of who this Night's King is. I mean, it really is a powerful, uh, it could be a, almost like a short film in and of itself. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I remember when I was watching it, there's the part in the beginning when um, the guy, what are they called? The Thens, right? Yeah. The, the, the ones who are cannibals. Yeah. Uh, when he is going towards the door, uh, the gate and he starts yelling, lock the gate, lock the gate. And then he's locking the gate. And I remember thinking to myself, if I was watching the, if this was a normal battle, I would think to myself, man, he just sacrificed all those people, but he had to do it. Mm-hmm. But now I realize he didn't sacrifice all those people. He gave them a whole army. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, cause when you watch, the people that are attacking them, you see that they are mixed in some of their people along with the skeletons and everything because he closes the gate and you hear like all this, blah, 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 you know, and then it just stops. Mm-hmm. And then they start here. You hear it in the distance 
And then they come charging at the thing. And that's because, like, I think he did the same thing on the other side of the gate that he had done, that he did at the end. He rose everybody up. Uh, and then they went back. And, uh, and that's what became their forces. And then to see at the end, you know, it's that realization that this army is so powerful because everyone they kill instantly becomes a part of the army. Exactly. Deep shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> you listen to podcasts with Little Fell? Mm-hmm. That was deep, man. I love that. So that, that was just fantastic. And um, I, the one thing I did, I, I do want to bring up, because it was so such a big deal last season, the whole Sansa storyline, um, but I do have to say that watching this watching the season, it, it there there are a lot of really horrible things that happen, particularly to women, in the show last year. I do have to say that I noticed that again, and it, it's like a reoccurring theme. Um, I mean, leading up to Cersei, and I'm not bringing it up to say like, you know, they have to change it about the show. I'm just saying, I do think, I hope that that's paid off in some way in this coming season to see though some of those same women like rise up and in this season be a little bit more about their ascension, you know? You're exactly right, Axel. I was thinking, as soon as you start talking, I go, I know where he's going with it, and I agree 100%. I think as bad as this season five was with a lot of our female characters just, I mean, going through hell, I have this feeling that it's going to lead to stuff we're going to be, like, applauding. Like, maybe revenge is a theme this season, or to, or to really get back. Okay, you, you think you knocked me down? Now wait to what's coming for you. And I have that feeling. Um, what really kills me though is, uh, when they, when they, when, when Stannis, when they burnt the the child, uh, I forget her name. The character's name escapes me with the grayscale. What's her name? Is it like, okay. Donald Jr. Hold on a second. (laughs) But that still gets me like that. I, uh, that 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 yeah. that's that's probably worse than the Sansa thing for me, uh, just because I, I don't know. I just think Sansa is gonna be even stronger, and she's gonna become this really amazing, strong character. She's gonna get her revenge, and I, I really believe good stuff's gonna now happen to Sansa. And I gotta believe. I hope she's the one that gets to kill Ramsay Snow. I really do. And that was Shireen, by the way. Shireen. Sure. Yes. Yeah. All right. Sorry, listeners. It's no, no. been a while. I'm in the same boat. I'm always oh. having to re- reacquaint myself with all the names. I mean, it's not like there's 4,000 characters on this show, you know? Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I agree I, with I, I totally agree. I mean, uh, yeah. Abe in last week's episode that we did um, mentioned that even in the, in the trailers for this new season, you, we see Sansa kind of have a much harder kind of her, her she, she's been hardened by the experience and i think it's going to be much more focused and if if i think we're finally going to see the growth in sansa's character that a lot of people have been expecting to see in the past uh, i think it's going to finally pay off this time around well you know for me sansa is one of those 
and and I think the situation that arose last year it go, goes to show and like what rewatching the show, I didn't feel. I mean, it was like I've always liked her character. And seeing that, like, what she's gone through is just horrible. She's always paired with the worst people possible, you know? Um, but I didn't have any of that reaction. And, and the reaction that people had was, I think, such about whatever happens in the book and the way things were changed, you know? Yeah. So yeah. since I don't have that experience, I didn't feel that way last year and I still don't feel that way but I did notice the trend through the season you know and of course ending with uh Cersei's walk of shame um which I also when I watched it last year the CGI did not and I think I can even remember saying on the podcast like oh it wasn't so bad oh man it was terrible like her head is like going a different way <laughs> then the rest of her body, like it's so obvious they stuck her head on there. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. I don't it's know why question. they didn't add her, sh why they didn't have her walk all the way with her arms and just cover. I don't know. Anyway, I'm just thinking yeah. about like film stuff, but it, it was really bad. And it kind of just, it really distracted me this time from the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, it's funny because at the time it didn't distract me at all, and yeah. I, I haven't I haven't rewatched it. But a, a lot of people were were commenting on how they felt that the that the special effects in that scene didn't work. I think I was just taken by the tension of yes, the scene. Yes, me too. That it, I didn't focus on the special effects at that moment. Yeah. See, it was noticing. It was not having that same tension. But um, I do have. I do want to lay down a prediction that I see coming in the upcoming season. And I do think that Marjorie and Cersei are going to join forces. Dun, dun, dun. The enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? Yeah, I think totally. They both are, are, have gone through something. And yes, they did it to each other. Or really, Cersei did it. But, um, you know, I think that, they, I think that she's going to... I don't know. I see Cersei becoming a bit more... Uh, shrewd as well as being extremely hard um but that man just thinking about watching it again it did make me think about how being so uppity and important was so important to her mm -hmm. and all the and and another thing i noticed is how she goes from levels of people i didn't really notice that the first time around how like when she starts out, she's among like the aristocrats and they're just kind of looking at her and staring at her. And then as she goes lower, the people get more base, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that they're going to join forces. I think that she'll in effect rescue her and then she's going to realize she never had to act that, you know, I don't know. The, the whole thing with her writing the letters like Tywin and, you know, like all that kind of stuff that she was doing, I can just see her becoming more self-confident. And, I mean, it's I think it's obvious that she's going to get revenge now that she's there. You know, it's just going to be how the what the people do against her, you know? That's who's yeah. going to sway the people. 
you know, I'm interested to see. And that see, could be Marjorie. I'm sorry. I, I'm interested to see how, you know, the turns of characters we've pro- we've might have hated or rooted against. Yeah. This way around, are, are we all of a sudden going to be like, you know what, after Cersei, what she went through, and depending on what she does, could we be rooting for her? You know, it's funny how things change in this story. Uh, but one thing I, I really want to bring up uh, – is is John Smith or John Snow as they say. Um I remember, you know, of course at the end of last season, he, you know, gets the Julius Caesar treatment. And I remember Axel when we did our first ever podcast, me and you both predicted and this was in season 1 on the film list that John Snow's the key to everything. Like he's the key towards the end. We were like this is the guy. And I remember saying to myself like if he's really dead, I mean or if he am I going to hate the show? Am I going to, you know, I was a little upset and then the off season, I kind of let it go. And now I'm so excited for the show to come back. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think if, if say he's done, you know, no more. I mean, I'm still going to be into the show, but it's, you know, you have speculations of resurrection and all kinds of stuff. Really don't know what's going to happen, but I'm trying to see, it's going to be interesting if he's not, say he's not in, the season we see him dead and he's gone i don't know uh how are you guys gonna feel like roberto how would was john snow a favorite character of yours if he's gone this season is it gonna hurt the you know watching the remaining of the series or is there plenty of characters for you that you can follow I, I, I'm hoping to be surprised. He was one of my favorite characters, but like many other characters throughout the show, they, you know, I feel like he, we have gone through um, um, different levels of, of, of engaging with these characters from, and, and we started off with characters who were completely unsympathetic in season one who have become you know, heroes by the, you know, from our perspective, they become more heroic as this, as the show has gone on. And, and Jon Snow is one of those characters that has kind of gone up and down, you know, a couple of seasons back, there were a lot of complaints of him being kind of whiny and weak, but then as he came into his own and became the Lord uh, commander, uh, you know, he, he kind of came back into that place of, okay, here, here we're seeing the real potential of Jon Snow finally coming into being. And then of course, by having him, uh, meet his apparent demise at the end of the season uh, leaves uh, all of us uh, very cold and wondering what's going to happen. Um, I'm I'm open to being surprised and to be treated uh, to a to a you know new new something new. Uh, wh- whether or not that will take we will lead to completely saying goodbye to Jon Snow, or if we will have some way of bringing Jon Snow back. Um, I'm wondering if he, if he'll be to to this season of Game of Thrones, uh, what Luke Skywalker was to the last uh, uh, Star Wars movie that just came out. You know, just that that tease in the end of the season, that maybe there's a hint that he may come back. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, 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 I'm, I'm just I'm 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 open to seeing what they're gonna bring up. I don't want to make the uh, the assumption that just because he's being killed off, if he's killed off, that it would ruin the series tune for me. If they take it in a direction that makes sense. I'm open to seeing where where the story continues. I have a feeling that the person who's going to become much more the center or the focus of the story this time around and maybe will be that character that replaces some of the concerns, you know, if Jon Snow is truly gone, will be with Bran. I think Bran is going to step in and a much have a much critical role this time around and and having him having him 
uh, gone for a season and now coming back might re-energize that character and give us some focus there so that Jon Snow can maybe fall into the background a little bit. Mm. Yeah, definitely. You know, there's uh, one thing I know also notice in the rewatch is I just ha- I didn't remember any of Bran and Hodor scenes. Mm-hmm. What do you mean, Axel? That they weren't in last season, dude. It was a no. joke. It was a bad Game of Thrones <laughs> joke. <laughs> they were very subtle. They were just yeah. some very subtle. See, scenes. I was too. I was too straight with that one, Sola. <laughs> yeah. I should have done I'm like a funny voice. Out every word, and I'm yeah. like, what? Wait, what? Um, no, but I think. Uh, I mean, I think it's safe to say that with that. Bran is going to come back, and I could I could see that totally. But I I'll, I should get back to uh, uh, your question about Jon Snow. I totally don't think Jon Snow is dead. I, even like a second after they he died, I was like, he's coming back. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be Melisandre does it. Um, I have I have heard the theory, and I had thought of it. As well, I mean, I think we had all at some point mentioned that since he's, um, you know, a Stark like Bran, he maybe he wargs into uh, ghosts. That's what people have been saying, right? Like that's a theory. There's some speculation that that may be yeah. one way to get around. And I yep. think we, I think that we had talked about that because remember, there's the scene when um, when Sam is getting beat up. And he said, and somebody says, the guy says, your, your boy, Jon Snow is not here to save you. And then Snow shows up like immediately after. You mean, you mean ghost? Oh, ghost, not, yeah, uh, yeah, not yeah. Snow, ghost. Um, yeah, like immediately after. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then I thought that might be fun uh, because then they could be doing like a um, weekend at Jon Snow's. And if he's in the dog and they have his body, right, yeah. you know, and then they somehow figure out, like, maybe Melisandre's like, yo, wait, hold up. He's in the dog. You know, well, he's in the dire and, wolf. And on the trailers, we have seen that Davos is, like, taking care of the body. And it's almost like the, uh, yes, the, yes. The, the other brothers are trying to get it. I don't know if it's to burn it or to deface it or whatever and Davos is protecting him. maybe they they are clued into the fact that maybe there is a way to bring him back and so he's protecting the body for that for that yeah reason. well could you imagine that and then so maybe she's not able to do it right mm-hmm. so they throw him and ghost into the back of a wagon and they go off looking for uh what's his name Thoros of Mir or whatever yep. and they go off looking for him because the red woman, by burning Shireen, somehow, you know, sacrificed her powers. Yeah. Because she committed that act in the name of someone who was not the king, and obviously didn't she didn't have king's blood. There's also another another red priestess that's supposed to be in this season, a new character that's being introduced. So maybe Uh-oh. part of the of the story that will be looking for this priestess to help them do. What Melisandre See, cannot. I'm telling you, dude. I could. I'm. I'm going to say it. I want to be the first one to say it. Mark it right here. That everyone's going to start saying "Weekend at John Snow's." Already <laughs> yes, printing up T-shirts. Weekend at Johnny's. I'm going to let's come up with all the variations we can think of. Could it be the Red Priestess that uh, Var- Varys? Oh and, uh, yes. 
and Tyrion saw on their journey. Yeah, I, I'm wondering. I don't know if it's this, if it, they're alluding to it being the same character, but I think it may it may be. Uh, well, that, she was an uh, actress that I re- I had seen before. Yeah, no, and, she's a big Asian actress, I think, in mm-hmm, film mm-hmm. and stuff, right? And she looked right at Tyrion. At Tyrion. And that, Tyrion. Yeah, that was like I saw it even more this time. I mean, I remember we talking about it, but like it really stuck with me during the rewatch. Uh, that look like she almost like she sees the future in his eyes yeah. or say, you know, something, you know, she knew he was there. Yep. Yeah, so um, I, I'm really excited because I like Liam Cunningham a lot as an actor. I'm really excited that now that I'm, you know, I'm assuming Stannis is dead, that Brienne killed him. I know we didn't quite see it on screen, but I, I don't I don't think she's I think she killed him. But to see Davos's character really start to take over. I'm really, really yeah. excited to see him this season, what he's going to do. That's a great point, Heath, because now that Stannis is gone, mm-hmm. you know, he's totally on his own. And it wasn't clear at the end of season five if he knew what happened to Shireen. That's or true. was it clear? What, I mean, it was yeah. still kind of left a little bit. I think well, he maybe was speculating that he, he was concerned that, that something was going to happen, but I don't think he's still gotten the news. And I'm wondering what impact that's going to have and where his loyalties will, will lie uh, mm. after, uh, you know, at, at, at once this season begins. Yeah. Well, I mean, he knew something was up. Exactly. Okay, I wanted to ask you, Axel, because I didn't get a chance to rewatch that episode, but I remember when he's like, don't, you know, don't, he didn't want her to go. He kind of, did it yeah. feel this time around that he really knew something was going to yes. happen to her? To, okay. to, there's like three times where he says, a young lady shouldn't be on the battlefield. She should be far away from here. He says it like in the beginning of the season. He says it in the middle of the season. And then he says it just before he leaves. Okay. And he think I think he did. And then when, um, uh, when the red lady comes, uh, running on her horse back to um the wall to a castle black to castle black um he says she she just kind of gives him a look or something or he he says where's status and then he says shireen or something like that and she just kind of looks at him you know and the look on his face made let me to believe that he thought everyone was dead correct in battle though Exactly. He may not. He may have the yes, sense that she's not dead, that but not understanding that, how yeah. how her death actually right. came about. Maybe I mean, maybe he thought Stannis was going to sacrifice her during battle or something. You know what I mean? But I don't think I don't think he directly knew. There was no indication of that. But that particularly was vicious to me on the rewatch. I mean, that's an, an, another addition of something bad happening to a female. But on the other end is, uh, even though mixed in with another one, which is Arya, and how violent those two acts were, how that, how terrible that scene was, and how terrible when she killed Sir Marin Trent. Yeah. That was really violent. I did not remember how violent that was and how she, like, stabs his eyes out, and then she's still alive, and she stab, keeps on stabbing, and then she's still talking to him. <laughs> she slits his throat, and she's still talking... You know. yeah, it was like all that pent up, yeah. you know, revenge that she's had. She just let it all out just on that one moment with with him, and really was uh, very brutal. and And to the point where we start to wonder, 
you know, how heroic is she? You know, it's one thing to kill somebody out of a sense of justice, but when it starts to become kind of this sadistic killing, you're like, okay, I don't, yeah. I don't know that we can necessarily root for somebody who's going to be so bloodthirsty as she, as she's been portrayed here. And that's, and that, and really, you know, I think back on other seasons of the show and the show is always incredibly violent and explicit, but I don't know if there was just a continuing level of violence throughout a season as much as there was in that last season. And I think it all, it it says as much to the ramp up of the show, you know? So I do kind of feel that there were so many people wronged and so many people who are now coming into this season as compared to last season, almost no one is the only person who's in a better position is Tyrion. Uh And it's not that great. His position trying to run a city with Varys and uh, Grey Worm, Obama Grey Worm and (laughs) Missandei, you know? Yeah, and in many ways coming in to do uh, to, to do re- uh, repairs, right? I mean, the, this, yeah, and pr- the situation and probably, as it was left yeah. uh, by Daenerys there is in pretty bad shape politically. So he's really there to do a lot of a lot of kind of political reconstruction. Yeah, but I just think about it in general. No one's really in a better situation. Everybody's almost everyone is in a worse situation coming into this season. The High Sparrow is probably the the big winner from last season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. But how? But for how long? I see. Exactly. That's something that I don't see lasting very long. I have to be honest. It seems to me that that's not. I I don't know if I see that storyline playing out through the entire next season like it did. I mean, I think you know. There's been talk that there's only going to be what they say two more seasons of the show or three more seasons. And then last two seasons are split up with like seven episodes each or something. That's some speculation. I'm yeah. going to have them be shorter seasons and then, uh, and yeah, and two more. So around f- 14 to 15 episodes total. Yeah. So I, and I hope they announce it lost style, you know, because it allows you to watch the ramp up. You know, and I don't think that's a spoiler in any way or ruins the experience of it's like in Breaking Bad. We knew what was going to happen and even me. And I mean, that's the most concise show ever, but um, they've got it. This show's got to start ramping up. And when you have so many people who are desperate and in bad situations, you've got to think that by the middle of next season, some of these people are going to be like super stars. You know what I mean? Like that their fortunes will turn and that we'll start seeing things get better. Or then again, this is game of Thrones and maybe it's going to get even worse. (laughs) Well, there's one thing we've learned is that things, if they can get worse, they will get worse uh, when it comes to game. But how, but listen, this, this is something I do want to bring up because it, it does play into the show wrapping up and we are going into the sixth season. Uh is I've always heard, you know, this is, this is not, um, I guess it's high fantasy, but he reversed everything. And, you know, like the Prince Charming, which was Rob, right? Dies. 
and all this terrible stuff, like good things don't happen. All the Starks keep on dying. There do, doesn't there have to be a point in which it turns or are we really going to just keep on watching this until the last episode is the Knights King resurrecting all of our favorite characters and then we just go into like a map like the reverse of the beginning of it and it's everything's it's all snowing everywhere and they've taken over the entire i mean <laughs> that's well, not... they've been telling us since episode one right? winter is coming and yeah. maybe that's what it is right maybe i'm just saying like how it's, be... it's all about the coming of winter i mean what you're talking about is precisely why robin felt that he needed to one of the reasons he decided to leave the podcast is just he did. He just felt it was going down this pathway of just being bleak and dark. See, and where's the hope and where's the heroism? I don't, I don't buy know. it. And I, don't I remember commenting on our last episode from last season saying maybe this is going to be the point. We're not going to have the happy ending. We're going to have the ending where the uh, the uh, uh, selfishness and the 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 petty battles that we humans have uh, between one another. Uh, make us lose focus from the real threat and then the real threat takes over and wins and maybe that's it who knows now th though i would epically enjoy that because i love that kind of stuff and that's why i love this show that they killed <laughs> ned you know right um i don't buy it i mean look george railroad martin is from bayonne new jersey you know and i'm from new jersey <laughs> and in new jersey no matter how dark it gets Okay. It's always darkest before the dawn. And I this is what I'm saying. I think these we're going to see it going the opposite direction. And pe like earlier um Heath was talking about Sansa getting stronger and other I I think, you know, I think Tyrion's going to figure out what's going on. Um I think things are going to start getting better. Mhm. Mm I'm I that I'm actually optimistic for these characters coming into this season. And I after watching that last season it shows me that trend. Be careful, Axel. <laughs> I'm telling you when we think optimist ways um now I got a question for you guys. Yeah. Um last season, yeah, it was the first time I believe we had a flashback, a Cersei flashback. Right. When she went to go see that witch in the woods. Do, in episode one, yeah. Yeah, it was like the first. It was the first scene. First scene, yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I love when, you know, in those flashbacks where you see it and then they they yell the name out and it's like. <laughs> Ethan. Yeah, like, Ethan. It's like, Cersei. Oh. But uh, do you think they're going to go use that device more? in the future or do you think uh, what are you guys thoughts on that well i know i think robin uh robin thanks uh roberto here um i think roberto is robin i think he does both. <laughs> he does i know i do both voice. yeah it's, it's my other personality <laughs> dude that's that would be amazing um but uh i think you mentioned this a little bit and i've heard this saying too and i noticed it when i was watching the show um, that it looks like from the trailer and, uh, and honestly, I don't know. And I don't think you confirmed it on your podcast. So let's not confirm it. Uh, right. if you know, Roberto, um, right. that I think 
and 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 I thought this too, and I think Heath, we talked about this before that in some way they can use Bran to show what happened in the past as visions. Yes, that's right. You know, yeah. um, that he'll learn, and that's a way. Like I think we mentioned that when we talked about, wouldn't it be awesome if they went back and showed uh, Robert's rebellion? Mm-hmm. Remember when we were talking about? Oh, they could make a mini series. You know, on the off season, that's just with all different actors and bring back well, yeah, some other people. Yeah, because remember, uh, I, I forget his name, but uh, he said your visions will be past, present and future. Yeah. Uh, so that that would make a lot of sense. Maybe not the traditional, you know, you hear the airplane, you see a flashback like in Lost, but maybe you're right through brand. We're going to be able to see the past, which would yeah. be awesome. To fill in right. some blanks and to there is confirm. some speculation. There is some speculation based on the footage on the trailers. I, I I hadn't picked up on the brand thing as being kind of the mechanism to do it, but just from folks commenting uh, on some other uh, shows that I've seen where they've kind of done the whole uh, uh, rewatching of the trailers and and looking at all the different clues and images in there, that we are there are moments in the trailers where we are seeing these battle scenes that appear yes. to be set at the time of I Robert's noticed that. I know. I and, just noticed. And even some of the characters look yeah. like they could be a young Ned Stark and a oh, young I didn't Robert see that. Baratheon. That's interesting. Ooh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and there are some people, who, some of the guards that are, that some of the folks in the battle are wearing armor with the Targaryen sigil on it. So that's probably the past. I mean, I, I don't yeah. think there's that many people going around in the current time period in Targaryen armor. So it would make sense only, that that would be a flashback. The only person I know that runs around the Targaryen armor is DJ Timmy Hines around his <laughs> bedroom. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I saw that on a webcam somewhere. Did I pay yeah. for that? Did I, what, what's my credit card number? Um, you know what? I think that's awesome. And yeah, the, but the brand stuff is they, 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 they brought up his visions so much before. You know, so I think that that was just an extension of that. And of course, because um, there is that one scene uh, that we talked about in our last podcast, Heath, when we talked about the trailer, where you see him and the Night's King is near him. And and we were thinking that must be a like, did he really see him? It looked like he was kind of in there, you know? Yeah. I remember to me, my first feeling was, oh, wow, he's going to talk to the Night's King. But then Donald, he couldn't make the podcast, but he had texted us, wait, I think that's a vision. And then you started like, oh, yeah, that's what I thought. And so it was kind of then I was like, oh, I didn't even it didn't even dawn on me that he would have visions. I forgot about Brand. Sorry. It's funny that as I was listening to that episode, I started talking to you as if I was in the conversation. So here's, here's me talking to, you know, the two of you who can't hear me, but I'm like, my take on it was that he had warged into one of the Night's King minions. And so he's there and we're seeing him as him. And the Night King kind of senses something, but he's just there kind of as a spy having warged into one of the Night's King's people. But you know what though? That could be a really dangerous thing to do because that's giving himself away. Yeah, true, true. You so know, especially because... if he doesn't realize that the Nice King might have an ability to detect him, even though he thinks he's undetectable when yeah. he's warged. Because, well, it just seems, yeah, because it, well, we only, so we saw him do that with Hodor, 
with Hodor. But correct. didn't it seem afterwards that Hodor knew that it had happened? He, he acted as if he was almost like violated. Like you could tell okay. he was not, you okay. know, he wasn't comfortable with that. But it's, yeah. I don't know if Bran maybe finds a, a white, uh, you know, a dead person that has been possessed by the Night King and he is able to infiltrate one of them to try to get into uh, the Night's uh, King, King's camp and try to, to see what's going on and learn from the inside that way. Well, I wanted to bring, I want to bring up something, um, which was one scene that I, that I saw that I had, I rewound and watched it a couple times. Cause I was like, wow, this is such an information dump is when Littlefinger talks to Cersei in Tywin's old office do the um, voice, Axel, the Baelish voice. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> Cersei. What do you mean, Cersei? Cersei. John Connery. <laughs> um, Jimmy Cagney. But, uh, and, and what he says, basically, is he says, uh, he says, Sansa is at Winterfell. I tracked her down. He says, I tracked down Sansa. She's at Winterfell. She's marrying Ramsay Bolton. And then she gets all pissed off and she's like, Roose Bolton, ha- I gave him, I made him Warden of the North or whatever, you know? And then, uh, then he says to her, well, look, why don't you go, why don't you attack? Or she's like, I'm going to attack him or something. He's like, well, why don't you send someone out to him why don't you send jamie she's like jamie's away and he says why don't you send uh your uncle kevin and then remember how her uncle kevin left in disgust and she was like Mm -hmm. he won't even talk to me and he's like well how about this i'll take my troops from the veil and after they're done fighting they'll both be tired and whoever won will be depleted and i'm gonna sweep in and take out whoever that is. And then she says, okay, you, if you do that, then you get Winterfell and you're warden of the North and you have, and then, and then he's like, okay. And then she's like, and you have to bring me Sansa Stark's head on a stick. Uh-huh. And he says, uh, okay, I'll do it. And that shocked me. Cause I had totally forgotten about that conversation with uh-huh. all the other stuff that's going on. To now think, okay, look, they just had the battle. Are we now going to see very soon into this season, Littlefinger coming into Winterfell, taking out um, and trying to take out uh, Roose Bolton, the Boltons. Uh-huh. but without realizing that they're not depleted at all because Stannis only had like, he didn't even have a quarter of the troops that they right. had. Dying from so that I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. That so Littlefinger might be in a way walking into a into a trap. Yes, yeah. I'm walking into a trap. Yes, sure. I believe I'm walking into or a trap. Or is he? Or is he? Because <laughs> he, <laughs> he always has he always has his ducks in a row. So is he going to find out before he attacks? He's definitely going to find out what happened. You know sure. what I'm saying? And then sure. what will he do? And then is he going to find out that Sans is also missing? Right. What do you think Brienne goes now? Now her, she's failed to to protect. To try to go start. find Sansa. Is she still? That's probably still what she's going to probably do. Like, I, yeah, I guess she's got to she find. Still feels, she still uh, feels indebted to the to the Stark family, right? Uh, to fulfill that promise. 
Yeah, I'm just wondering if, yeah, the candle lit, and then, of course, it lit too late, and she was yeah. gone, and, yeah, that'll be interesting if they meet up, because she was kind of close by uh, to when they jumped her and Theon, so maybe that's, maybe they will meet up, and she's like, I need your help, Brienne. Yeah, I'd like to see Theon. Now, that's, that, those are two people who, Theon's actually in a better position than he was at the beginning yeah. of last Good season. Yeah. yeah, add up to the list. You know, I, I don't, I can't say that Sansa is. Um, and we do see in the trailer that we're going to be returning to the Iron Island. So maybe that's yeah, where yeah. Sansa and Theon are heading to, to seek shelter. Oh, that would be very interesting. I, I found those, I found those, that cat, that whole society. They're like, kind of like Vikings or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, uh, I like that. Folks who live on the fringes and who, and who, uh, forcibly kind of live in hardened conditions so that they can become hardened themselves. Oh, that's like, like Donald. Dot org. Oh, or, or Donald. <laughs> yeah, more. <laughs> He's Batman. Okay. I had one other thing I wanted to bring up. Um, and, uh, I want to ask, uh, I don't know if I want to ask Roberto if this is book knowledge, if we want to have like a two second, cause this is just something that came up. That um, was another thing that caught me by surprise, like a quick conversation. That was a big information dump. And it's when Varys talks to Tyrion. It's like the third or fourth conversation they have where he just basically completely outs himself and says that he's been working for the Targaryen restoration for as long as Daenerys has been alive and he's been protecting her. And then it becomes obvious then if you remember that he met with the guy who gave – oh, they're at the palace of that guy too who gave the eggs to to uh, Daenerys. Right. Right? At her wedding? Aren't I correct in that? It, it's either that or it's the guy – remember when the Dothraki came to look at her to offer her up? Was it? I thought it was always that yeah. guy. Yeah. Well, that the was the same guy, but he soon oh. he disappeared soon after her wedding. Yeah. Okay. Then that's yeah. That's you're exactly right, um, Jack. So it made me think of: Will we ever find out more about that? Like, where did they get those dragon eggs? Mm. Who else is involved with this plot? from the, you know, that had been going on for so long because it, it's obvious he didn't have too much control of it, but he did seem to be able to help her and keep her alive for that long a period of time. You know, is he the head of it or I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up. Can I ask this without any spoilers? Is that at all explored in the book? There is a, um, there is a, 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 a character brought up in the books that may be related to the Targaryen bloodline that is being seen by many as a potential, uh, 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 you know, f- future king or future leader. But there is no there's no clar- clarity as to whether or not he is whom a lot people may believe or he may claim to be. Varys is kind of playing a part similar to some other, but but he doesn't play that part in the book. But 
but there are characters in the book that are oh, playing a okay. similar role to okay. kind of how Varys is playing it oh, with the way he's approaching Daenerys. So, the, but, so he, so basically, what you're telling me is he's a he's it's a different. They've amalgamated different storylines. If into they're him. gonna go that direction, I think that's what they're doing. Okay, okay, that's cool. Oh, I like that because I really like that character. I, I don't, I don't foresee the the producers of the show bringing in this whole storyline okay. at this point, especially okay. if we're looking at the Endgame in a couple of seasons. Okay. I, just, I doubt they're gonna try to incorporate that aspect of the books. That's but, cool. Because I, mean, I may if, be wrong, but I don't know. I always wanted to see more of Varys, like not just have him be a guy who just pops up and says something clever. <laughs> like I like to, I really like that character. I find him really intriguing and he's been involved with so much of this interesting stuff. And that was such a bombshell, you know, it's like, uh, and I mean, he had been acting that way. Of course we, you know, it, that's the first thing he says, I'm taking you to Daenerys. But the way that it all like was like, just like the data dump. I really yeah. like when the show does that, when they sneak in, like they'll just have a bunch of scenes and then they'll have one scene where all of a sudden someone tells you what's been happening the entire time and you didn't even realize it right. or you did realize it. And now you're like, I can't believe they're saying that out loud. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, how about um, the Queen of Thorns? What role do you think she'll play in the upcoming season? What do you guys have anything to say about her? Well, she had, from what I remember, she she came and talked with the High Sparrow later yeah. in the season. Mm-hmm. So I, I gotta believe she's she's gotta want to get Marjorie out of there, and I guess um, I want to say Hansel and Gretel. No, what? Sir Lan- Loris. Lancel, Lancel. Lancel and Gretel. Yeah. No, but Loris, Sir Loris. Yeah, Lancel and Gretel. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I got to believe there's going to be some politicking going on, yeah. especially now that, you know, it seems like the Lannisters, are, you know, it may, it may exactly go to your point, Axel, of the, Mar- uh, not the Martells, uh, uh, Marjorie's clan and the Lannisters. Tyrells, thank you. Uh-huh. Tyrells coming together with the Lannisters. Uh that 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 would make sense. What if she joins Cersei and kind of works with her somehow? Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. Look, it could be like this whole all the women uniting. Yeah, kind of this against this dude. alliance. Because yeah, remember, yeah. um, he threatened her. Remember, yeah. she said what are you going to do when all the crops aren't brought to King's Landing? And he was like, you don't make the crops. Right. What are you yeah, going to do when I, people I stop making them? for the first them? time, she's really – she's always been somebody who's had, who's had a lot of that behind-the-scenes power. And I think she was wrestling with understanding that she doesn't really have power over yeah. the, the high sparrow. And so – he, she may have to forge alliances where before she was trying to, uh, you know, overpower people like Cersei. She may find himself, herself now finding that the only way for her to get, to get the upper hand on the high sparrow is to ally herself with Cersei. Yeah. And I'm wondering if there's going to be, uh, um, you know, how the how the whole Sir Loras and Marjorie thing is going to play out. The actor who plays Sir Loras actually just got a big part in another TV series. So I don't know if that means he may be leaving Game of Thrones or what's going to happen there. But he I, he's headed over to play uh, 
um, Iron Fist in the Netflix Iron Fist TV show. So mm -hmm. I'm curious to see if that means that we may have less of Sir Loras uh, in upcoming in Game of Thrones. Well, you know what? He's not in the show enough for uh, yeah. I, for that to affect it, I don't think. That's true. If That's you said true. like Jamie Lan, you know, like Nicholas, yeah. whatever his name, called us blah blah, then yeah, yeah, yeah. Was I'd be like, oh damn, he's gonna die. But for him, I mean, the, he you're, could. You're right. The reality is, they could keep Loras in uh, in a dungeon the whole season. For all we know, yeah. Just or he could him, get and out, the and then he's in know? the background. <laughs> you know? uh, but now, but, you know, now it is with the way their shooting schedule is, yeah, and they're shooting by location. He. Yeah. He'll have plenty of time to do because when you think about what we got ten episodes of Game of Thrones and he's in it a total screen time of an episode say so right. I, yeah I th I think yeah I wouldn't they could probably just knock out all his scenes in a couple of days and then send him yeah. on yeah because that's yeah. the way they shoot it right so they shoot one person's story the the storyline all the way through at the location they cluster them like that exactly yep yep so we could do like two weeks and shoot all his parts. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then he's freed it. But um, yeah, I mean, I do see all these uh, ladies getting together and uh, I don't see this high sparrow thing lasting, lasting too long. But I also wonder, are we finally going to see anyone but people who are right near the wall realize that the White Walkers are coming? I, I sure hope so. I think I think we need to get into. I, I mean, I, if if we're moving into what you're saying, into the light, right? To have yeah. some some kind of start start a lead up towards a positive outcome when the series is said and done. At some point, the people from uh, you know south of the wall are going to have to realize that the only way to truly survive is to to work together, right? Um, and and to focus their the what 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 uh sir davos has been saying you know you're, you're there's all this bickering going on down here when we really should be worrying about the threat that's coming from the north yeah um so i would like to uh it would be it would be important to start showing that that's that that is gonna be uh, uh, uh that, that those news are gonna start to spread and that the people are gonna start focusing on 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 that uh on that threat yeah because the thing I did notice is that that conversation does not make its way at all into anything that's ever said at King's Landing um, in uh, Marine or anywhere that Daenerys or uh, Tyrion doesn't they don't talk about winter is coming. No, nobody talks about it. Except for, you know, of course, Jon Snow and Stannis has a conversation, many conversations about it. Um, but it's just so conspicuously absent. I think one time some, Cersei says something or somebody says something to Cersei, like, winter is coming. And then she says something like, winter is always coming. Wasn't there, wasn't there at least an attempt to send no, uh, news to Tywin at some point? I may be mis you know, misremembering that, but... I thought I thought Ravens did go out at some point to try to ask for help. I, maybe it was back when the uh, 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 Sir Jorah's father was still the Lord Commander, and they were trying to send news south that they that they oh needed yeah, help. And that, then, and yeah then the that was a long time ago. At that time, that's when Stannis got got Stannis the same. Correct. Yeah, but that's about it. 
Yeah. So that's just amazing that that is such a large part of the show. But then you sit back and realize that all these other people never even like I would, it would be interesting to me to have a scene where someone like says to Cersei, you understand that while you're doing this, there's like literally they're here. Yeah. Like winter's here. It's they're killing people already. It's happening. Like just to see what her reaction would be. And every one of those killed is becoming part of their army. Yeah. Crazy. Interesting. Mr. Heath Solo, do you have anything else that you want to bring up or mention or talk about? A, a raven just flew in with a question. Oh, okay. Um, where um, the wildlings, are they some at Castle Black? Are they scattered over the wall? Where, where are the wildlings? They right came now? back from hard home. They got, they got, well, not, I mean, the one... Th- that's where um, Tormund said that they were, that they were all at Hardhome. So remember, they went there and there were, I think there was like close to 20 or 25,000 of them. And only about, I think they said like 5,000 of them were going to make it, decided to make it onto the ships. But then the the attack happened and I think a bunch more tried to make it onto the ships and then when they got there, I remember John and Sam had a conversation and he said that they got like less than half. So maybe it's, or I would say between three to 5,000 yeah, yeah. of them then walked through the, the gates and then out to, uh, you probably remember what it's called, Roberto. They got a patch of land to farm and they promised sure. to fight against the White Walkers. Yes, and I'm I'm forgetting the name. It was the gift. The gift, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and 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 then so and then we had a lot of tension, you know, from the folks at the, at Castle Black who opposed bringing in the wildlings. Yeah, right. And that's and what we had those to... scenes of of the immigrants kind of coming through, yeah. and all you know, a lot of disgust in the faces of the of the brothers who disagreed with bringing wildlings into the north. Yeah, which is why they killed Jon Snow. Right. And and there are moments in the trailer that show Tormund's giant Spain uh, kind of regrouping with the wildlings. So who knows what's happening at that point? If they are migrating back north of the wall or trying to make do with th- those few that were able to get through, um, that that's that we that we know we know that we know that he's was one of the few who had been. Uh, a believer of Jon Snow. So how how he tries to maybe, maybe he's somebody who eventually allies himself with Davos uh, down the road. Who knows? Yeah. Does that answer your question, Solo? Oh yes, it does. Cool, cool, <laughs> brilliant. Anything else you want to bring up, Roberto? I'm just excited to uh, to be stepping into a season with very little knowledge of what's going to happen. I mean, I, I do know that there are still aspects of the books that haven't been brought up in the series yet that could crop up in this season. But for the most part, this is going to be uh, uncharted territory for all of us. So I'm just excited to be approaching this without the foreknowledge of having the that book material uh, informing what's going to come up. So I just hope that the creators of the show and the producers are able to take advantage of this and really give us something new and fresh and, and, and that by not feeling beholden to the, to the books, they get to maybe explore some things uh, a little bit outside the box from what we've seen 
uh, in the in prior seasons. I hope that it's I hope that it's not something where they're gonna be feeling like by not having the books to guide them that they are somehow at a disadvantage, but that rather they can use this to their favor and get their creativity going and give us something uh, uh, that'll be that'll be fun and not hopefully pretty exceptional. So we'll see. Yeah, definitely, man. I am more excited for this upcoming season than I think I ever have been. Um, we'll be back next uh, Monday with another episode talking about the first episode of the sixth season. Uh, hopefully we'll be joined by DJ Tim Hines, Donald, Mike, myself, and Heath. Uh, you'll be able to catch a pod of Cass. When are you going to be recording, Roberto? We're going to be recording, I think we're going to be recording on Wednesday night. So it'll probably be coming out by the Thursday of, of the week. Uh, so pe- people want to get feedback into the show. If you contact us at uh, a pot of casts, you can go to a pot of cast.com or email us at a pot of casts at gmail.com. Um, get us your feedback by Wednesday and then we will have the show out by Thursday. Fantastic. You can follow us on Twitter at podcast L I'm at W Axel Foley. Heath, though, what you got to say? Heath Snowlow is returning. Uh, follow me on the Twitter at Heath Actor. It was so great to have Roberto on. We've been a big fan of a pot of casts. And uh, real quick, Roberto, I, I know you changed the format last year where you had like the recap episode and then the feedback episode, and then you went to one. Are you just doing one a week? One pot a week. We are. We're going to stick to one a week for the, for the time being, and then we, we we'll reassess from that. I figured uh, the format. We're going to stick to the format, and part of uh part of the deal of bringing Abe on board was to try to record uh, one episode a week. So we're going to stick to that, but we'll see. Maybe uh, maybe in the future things will change. All right. Excellent. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, guys, it's been great having you both. We're going to be back again, like I said, next week. You can find us on iTunes and the Stitcher. Rate us. Tell people about us. We're busting out, man. We're rising up like the characters on Game of Thrones to be positive and most likely get murdered in our sleep. Or... Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope we're not rising up like a, a like a slave to the Night's King, but <laughs> rather <laughs> rather as as a reborn uh, a reborn a under the, the 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 red uh, the, the red god maybe. Yes, the dragons. We are dragons. Us as all the dragons. There you go. <laughs> all righty. Our podcast Littlefell was resurrected because of podcast Winterfell. We're like Spawn. Yeah. So, uh, so I don't know what quite we are, but uh, we're just carrying the. <laughs> Uh, it's, again, it's going to be a sad season not to have Matt talking about the show, uh, but we'll do our best to keep it going. Fantastical. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you later. Follow Juliana Margulies. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.